Welcome to Hola Mama Podcast. This is Natalie. And this is Christina. And we're just two friends sharing the weirdness and wonder that comes with everyday mamahood. Hoping to encourage our multicultural mamas as we navigate and raise our little ones between our two worlds. One bilingual conversation at a time. So while you clean up those big messes or fold those tiny little clothes, turn up the volume and join us as we talk all things mamahood. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 10 of Hola Mama podcast. Today, I have Christina with me. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And we have our um, parent partner, angel friend, Judith. Hi, everyone. I feel like I'm presenting you like at a circus, <laughs> Judith. Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> um, you guys, I'm so excited about today's topic. And actually, before we hit the record button, we were trying to discuss what we were going to call it or refer it. But we are going to talk about toddler development, right? That's the word we read on, you guys. We didn't want to say la chancla or correction or spanking or discipline, but really um, child development. So if you have children that are ages zero to five, this episode is going to be for you. And hopefully it it's encouraging to you as much as I know Christine and I will be learning from Judith today. Yes, so for sure. let's start with this. Christina, what did your parents do when you got in trouble? Well, I was definitely spanked when I was a kid and they were super wise about how they did it. I still don't know how they did it, but they would for sure take me and talk to me about whatever I did wrong, which was very clear. I mean, I knew I deserved every single spanking I got and then some because I was very <laughs> naughty as a child. But um, yeah, constantly getting into trouble. I remember that there was one time where um, my brother and I, well, my mom had gone grocery shopping by herself. And now I'm like, poor thing. She was probably just trying to get a little peace and quiet. And so now as a mom, I think of that. And so my brother and I, older brother, we decided it was a great idea to jump on her bed because she and my dad had the biggest bed in the house. So we went and we were jumping on it and having the best time. But she had these matching lamps and they were her favorite wow. and she would always like there was the phone right by the lamp you know like the ones with the coil on it back then <laughs> so she would always sit down and she would like hablaba por teléfono y lo así como que tocaba su lámpara no sé like she would like admire it and like and that was like one of the few nice things that she had that she loved and I feel so bad now but anyway I was jumping and having the best time and kicked it it flew across the room broke in a million pieces and I was like oh my word I'm gonna be so busted I took that thick clear tape and I taped it all up and <laughs> put it right back where it was I should have at least switched them like switch the sides I should have been smarter because then she would touch the one that was nice and my dad would have never noticed the broken one right but okay so I was probably seven or eight so then I obviously went to hide and she came home and I decided to beat my brother to telling her so I was like mom you know look what he did and I kept telling him to not jump the whole time he wasn't listening and so this happened and poor, the poor kid got in trouble and I was like oh I knew I knew that spanking but <laughs> poor thing so yeah I definitely my dad would take me and talk to me about what I did and tell me that la vara y la corrección that's how you proverbs good old proverbs <laughs> one time my oldest brother was like 
is there any other way I can get wisdom <laughs> or things like option B or anything else? What about you, Natalie? Oh, man, I'm telling you, that was the one thing that I hated about my dad correcting me because he would spank me. But before he would, he would say, I'm doing this because I love you. And <laughs> you're like, you need to get spanked. And I'm like, if you love me, you wouldn't spank yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that I had actually I was raised very differently between my mom and my dad my mom was very calm um like I've said it before she was a pincher uh she didn't really like (laughs) hit us but my dad he I mean he wasted no time just took out that belt and would lay it on us and I'm telling you just like you I now that I'm older I know I totally deserved all those things because we were so, so, so naughty, and we, yes. we knew what we could get away with, and we knew what, you know, what was coming. Yeah. And honestly, the best moments were when he would tell us first, like, as soon as we get home, I'm going to yes. you, because There's I knew time. I had, like, zero, zero point three seconds to get to my room, <laughs> stuff yeah. pillows in my, yes. my dresses or my pants. Yes. And yeah, and then he would hit us. It wouldn't hurt because we had time to stuff it. <laughs> but you still yell like it's hurting, right? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. There was this oh, one time I remember my sister and I were both in trouble. We stuffed ourselves with pillows. He comes in, he spanks us, gives us a talk. We fake cry as he's walking <laughs> of away. We start laughing because we're like, we <laughs> we got away with it. He hears us laugh, comes back, and spanks us again without the pillows. So. <laughs> You're like, Bobber. Oh, even, here's another one. My little sister, she was so smart after seeing all our techniques. In fact, my two younger brothers after me, they would put together jokes that they could tell my dad when he, because they always got in trouble together. So if they would go and he'd take them, like, to the bathroom or their room or whatever, um, to discipline them and they would be like wait dad and they would like get him on this whole rabbit trail to where he would forget why he even went in there and he would come back out with them on his shoulders and they're all cracking up and I'm like that's no fair I don't have anyone to like accomplice to help me <laughs> I have to like turn on the charm by myself but my little sister Natalia hey shout out Natalia my little sister I have to tell her so she was like probably three and she had only spoken English up to this point, maybe, yeah, three, only English up to this point, maybe even four. So dad was going to like give her a little swat spanking, whatever, for something she had done. And in the bath, when he took her in the bathroom or the room or whatever, she said, espera papa in Spanish. And he instantly <gasps> heard that and it warmed his heart. He's like, oh my word. <laughs> and he comes out and he's like, did you guys hear what she said? And then she's like, phew, got out of that one. We were like, no, go spank her. Remember what you went in there for? Oh, my word. It was so funny. But, oh, yeah. And then, obviously, she tried that next time. And he's like, no, you espera. (laughs) So it only worked once. Oh, my goodness. What about you, Judy? How did your parents correct you? Well, see, in my house, my mom was more of, like, the calm, the very nurturing, and she would just talk to us, but when she would get frustrated, she'd be like, vas a ver cuando llegue tu papá, and I was like, oh, my God, because I already knew my dad was going to spank us, but the way the process worked was, you know, he would sit us down, and then he would be like, tu mamá me habló, me dijo, que está pasando?, 
tú crees que eso es correcto? And then also we'll have like this whole like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And then he's like, no, no es correcto. Tienes que hacer esto y esto y lo otro. And I'm like, okay. So we like, we figured it out. We have a plan. I know how to correct it. And then he'll be like, okay, go pick up your favorite no. belt that you <laughs> like to get spanked with. And I'll be like, Oh, I, was like, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, I already learned my lesson. We talked yeah, about it. We prayed it. about it. Right. Like, you instilled God's fear in me. Can we just let it You're go? Like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, 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 estoy transformada. And he'll be like, no, no, you need to remember this conversation. And I'm like, my heart feels it already. <laughs> oh, my. What more do you want? He would give meaning, like each spanking, like each swing was meaning. Like, so the first one was the reminder. The second one was, te baje el coraje. Y the third one was to seal the deal, you know? And I was like, oh my God. He's like, por eso siempre son tres. And I was like, wow. But I would cry, not because it would hurt, but because I was like, my emotions, you know, I'm an emotional person, and so I was like, okay, pues, ya no lo voy a hacer, like, this is so horrible, you know? One of my brothers, Jordan, he would just start crying while my dad's talking to him about what he did wrong. He's like a teddy bear at heart, and so I guess my dad realized that he was repentant on his own, so he didn't really get that many spankings in life. I just always remember, he was like, just the the sweetest to like talk to and he'd be like I'm sorry I'm sorry pero si cambiaba like he wouldn't do it again whereas me and Judah and Josh and my little sister Natalia we would all just be like all right it was so worth it <laughs> so bad this is hilarious Judy I love how specific your dad was with each thing that you got oh yeah how funny wow. well yeah I um I have been excited about this topic because Todas crecimos, ¿verdad? Con, con la familia típica hispana que usa uh -huh. el cinto, ¿no? Para, para pegar. Uh -huh. Y siempre se usa lo físico, el miedo, algunas veces la manipulación. And honestly, uh -huh. I think I've been guilty of all of that and probably everything that you're going to share with us today. Already <laughs> with, like, Camille's short three years of life. But, um... So that makes me excited about today's topic because I know you're coming from a different place and we also come in from a different culture now of different right. ideas of how to raise, you know, our generation that's coming after us and how to do things a little different. I think mm -hmm. what's rough for us is that look at us, you know, there's, there's three young women and if we all think about ourselves we think hey we didn't turn out that bad right so something <laughs> must have worked when it came to that kind of correction but I believe that we can do it so much better because we have now knowledge we have a little bit more science and study behind the psychology of children and the behavior of children as well so can you guide us into some of like key factors with our kids' development during this very trying time, especially of toddlers, right. that, you know, very sensitive first five years of their life. Most of us as moms don't know how to deal with certain behaviors or tantrums. I know I have a hard time with my three-year-old right now. Uh, soon I will be dealing with the same thing with my one-year-old. And I know Christina is in the same place that I am. So, yeah, just guide us through some 
some points here on how we can help our kids develop? Well, first of all, I want to start with, um, I kind of want to set the tone. And so I know in the, in the past when you and Christina and I were talking about using the word discipline, it's kind of been misused for a very long time because the definition of discipline really is teaching someone, right? And so we need to understand how our, our little baby's brains are developing and how they're learning in those first five years, because that really does impact the emotional well-being and just the way their little brains develop for the rest of their lives. So the key factors that we're going to be discussing today really is um, number one and the most important out of all of them is care. How do you love your child? How affectionate are you and how do you show your love to them, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is um, learn. So the learn is basically routines or rituals that you do. So kids really thrive with consistency because when there's consistency, there's a sense of safety. They know what to expect. Um, the third one is talk. So talking to your child, even when they're just right out of the womb, even when they're in the stomach, a lot of the doctors or nurses tell you, talk to them, they hear you, put some music on. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff just really helps them learn, okay, how do you communicate? What language are you using? Um, and I think the last one was play. So kids are very smart and they automatically go to play for everything and that's just like the best way that they learn so it's important for us to have some play when we are correcting or we're guiding uh, redirection okay so I'm going to give you an example of what happened to me this last weekend um it was Camille's birthday party and it was so fun because you actually came with your sister and it was, it was so good to see you anyway oh yes so after you guys left, my family has a thing where they stay till the very end and they watch the kids open the gifts, Oh, which oh. is torture yeah. for me because yeah. everybody's in a circle, you know, watching the kids open their gifts. And so um, all the attention, you know, anyway, mm -hmm. so Camille is fine. She opened about two, three gifts into it, you know, thinking the person that gave her that gift. And then around the fourth gift, somebody gave her a aerial mermaid. And she just got sprung on that gift and loved it, didn't want to let go of it, and didn't care about the other, you know, 10, 15 gifts that were waiting for her to open. Yeah. And we were like, we'll give it to you after you open all these gifts. And you're just like, no, no quiero, no quiero. And she sat down. Everybody was still watching. And I took it away from her and I said, open this gift and thank the person that gave it to you. It was like a shirt or something. She grafted and she threw it across the room <laughs> and shouted, right? And so I was so embarrassed. Everybody was looking. And I personally did not know what to do, but I'll tell you what I did. And you can like guide me to maybe what I should have done. So I told everybody, excuse me. And I grabbed her and I took her to my bedroom and I can hear everybody in the back as I'm walking away go, ooh. You know? <laughs> Poor thing. Oh yeah, ooh. Oh. And so we get to the room, and I smack her on the butt, and I tell her, Camille, 
tú vas a abrir esos regalos y lo vas a hacer con una sonrisa y le vas a dar gracias a todas las personas que te lo dieron. Y le dije, tu muñeca la vamos a dejar aquí en el cuarto y cuando tú termines vamos a regresar y la agarramos. And it was the funniest thing because she looked at me and she said, oh, mami, me pegaste en mi cumpleaños. No. En mi cumpleaños. Oh, anyway. that can never happen. That's great. Seriously. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, calmed her down and I told her to breathe. I didn't tell her, okay, let's beat out, let's beat out, you know. But I walked her yeah. outside and everybody thought it was the funniest thing because like a robot, she opened the gifts, thanked everybody, <laughs> smiled for pictures, uh-huh. and she just pushed through it until the very end. So. In that situation, what would you have done or what would you have recommended for me to do instead? So because I've been doing this for a very long time and because I'm not emotionally invested, I have to just do the disclaimer, right? Because (laughs) when you're in it and it's your child and it's your embarrassment, like it takes us a little bit longer to say, oh, this is what needs to be done. So because I know what needs to be done. It kind of clicks right away. It's intuitive. But um, as soon as she kind of got fixed, like she was stuck on her doll, then that's what I would have taken her to the room and be like, you know what, Camila, Camila necesita un, un, un momento to open the rest of the, the gifts. So we're going to go to the room and get a timeout, you know? Mm-hmm. That would have prevented her to be like, no, you know what I mean? Because the way I interpret that is, no me estás escuchando. I told you that I do not want to open gifts. I just want to play with this, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was, it was, she wasn't ready to transition back to just, you know, okay, I'll ignore this for now and then I'll come back to it later, you know? Mm -hmm. So just taking her to the room and telling her, look, I understand that you really like your little mermaid and you want to play, but there's guests here. Like, just like you did right after this, you're going to do this and this and that. And then after that, you can, you can have your aerial back. Right. You know, giving her that moment to transition into like, to understand like, Hey, no te estás comportando bien because it's rude, but it's not that she did anything wrong. She was communicating what she needed. But, you know, socially it wasn't acceptable at that moment, you know? So that's like a teachable moment where it's like, hey, I, and then just validating her. Like, I understand that this is hard because ya te emocionaste con la, con la serenita, but you still have more to look forward to, right. you know? Yeah, that is, that is so good. She, she was being communicative. She did tell me, you know, she wanted to continue playing with her doll. But I translate that as you're being disobedient. So right. this is good. Right. This is a good conversation. I have a quick question for Judith. In that case, do you think that are they at an age like three, four, you know, Sawyer's age as well, where if you say we're going to put the Little Mermaid in the room and you can come back to it, they feel like you're taking it away completely or not? Because what if I know and I know this might not even work, but she has it right next to her while she opens other presents. I know it's probably going to be distracting, but like, I just wonder because I know when they're baby babies, it's like out of sight, out of mind, like right. gone forever. But I don't know right. when that changes. Because, yeah, that's a really common scenario. And for me, too. Yeah. So initially, before, you know, you want to take it away completely, you want to give them the the chance to make a good decision. Right. So we can 
we can try to redirect by again, you know, using play. <gasps> Pero mira, Camila, acá está otro más bonito. A ver, vamos a like encourage her to be curious with the other ones, and if she can put it down and she can say, okay, I can actually, you know, not focus on this right now, then I would allow her to keep it. But because she was already way Natalia described it is she was like I'm done yeah. you know what I mean yeah. I would have just taken it away completely because yeah. she's like I don't care for anything else at that point yeah. you know yeah that makes sense yeah I mean dealing with toddlers is something else Christina I'm sure you had embarrassing tantrums in public yeah and right. yeah I know I've reacted in every worst way possible at some you know times and do yeah. you really like how do we how do we deal with this because um in the moment i you know you're so embarrassed and so upset you mm-hmm. just want it to go away so i <laughs> like i totally override you just shared like four steps you know like care and, and learn from them and talk to them like in the moment when you're angry and embarrassed Todo you sale por la ventana. totalmente i remember when sí. Uh, my oldest Sawyer first started to throw tantrums. He was probably a little bit over a year. And he, the first one was like cute because he would like do it slow motion. He would like be visibly upset about something and sit down and then lay back down and then kick a leg and then the other one. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, this is a, he's just starting to like, show his displeased for something and like I was cracking up at him just laying on the floor and like you know slow-mo sit down oh I'm gonna sit down then lay down then <laughs> kick each leg and show I'm mom I'm mad right but that's only cute the first few times and after they get older it's like especially in the in the line at the grocery store because every time we're about to pay you know they have all those candies on the side and so much and I'm always trying to like tell them, you know, if they behave in the grocery store, we'll get them, you know, a little ice cream cone on the way out. But like, first of all, that's not even healthy to be doing every time you go to the store. Second of all, that's kind of a delayed, um, what do you call gratification where they don't think of that. They just see the candy in front of their face. And so I'm like, here's my phone. Here's the iPad, you know, to be distracted so I can talk to the cashier and, you know, put groceries in the bag. Um, and it's always to their reach, right? So they're grabbing for it and I'm pulling them away and then trying to, <laughs> yeah, not be in all this chaos. But I feel like that is where I used to see people struggle with their kids. And I'd be like, what, you know, gosh, can't they get them under control? Y lo te pasa? And you're like, help. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Oh Again, it's all about talking to them since they're babies right Mm -hmm. like conditioning them to those trips so for example my sister she's such a good mom and I think that because she's so open to suggestions she really tries everything right Mm -hmm. but ever since Caleb my nephew was really young you know I role modeled for her like just talk to him he's sitting there like two three months looking at her you know and say saying mira que bonito vestido me voy a poner es blanco que opinas me ve bonito you know we would talk to him before going into stores because again we need to really um, nourish his development right so 
We're going to talk to him and walk him through. Vamos a ir a la tienda, and la tienda es donde compramos comida, you know? And um, so when they get to an age where they start testing, right, because that's usually between two or three, um, your first response is, because what I'm hearing from you guys is when you guys first started recognizing the behaviors, you guys thought it was cute, or you minimized it, or you just didn't address it, right? Right. Because kids are constantly communicating in their own way, whether that's, I'm not feeling well, my face is looking sad, or maybe if I sit down, maybe I'll feel better, but I still feel like something inside of me, so I'm going to kick, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So instead of stopping in those moments and saying, oh, estoy notando que no te sientes muy bien, a lo mejor estás frustrado, o estás enojado, so like labeling the feeling. So when you recognize some of the behaviors that your child is exhibiting because they're trying to communicate, mm-hmm. right? So that's when you need to really slow down and take a break and just say, like, really take time to guide him through his feelings. So, for example, your son, he was very slow motion, yeah. right? So you, you know, sitting down, oh, estoy notando que estás frustrado, no te gustó mi respuesta, or whatever situation happened, yeah. right? Um, estás frustrado, cuando yo estoy frustrada, yo me siento y me pongo a hacer respiraciones, hay que, quieres que te ayude con tus respiraciones, and then he'll probably be like, no, no quiero respirar, yeah. you know, because that's what happened with my nephew, like, I was like, oh, I see that you're angry, and you can't communicate what you need, so when Tia's angry, we do deep breathing. Do you want to do deep breathing with me? And he's like, no, I don't want to. But eventually, like, kids are like, you know, what they see, they repeat, you know, especially when they're that age. And so I started doing deep breathing. I started singing just to get him, you know, I was like, do you want a piece of gum? Because when they have gum in their mouth, they have something to chew on, which is automatic, automatically relaxes them. But they're just trying to find a way to communicate what they need. So, um, just labeling stuff for them, modeling. This is how you regulate when you're feeling frustrated or when you hear a no, like I know it's hard, but you still need to accept the no. Right. You know? And that's what the learning, the point number, the factor number two is learning. So it's really important since they're really, really, really small that you create rituals that are consistent. We wake up at 7 a.m. We have breakfast at 7.15, you know. We um, have bath time before going to bed. Those things actually really help because it gives them a sense of routine Mm -hmm. and it gives them a sense of normalcy, which helps them relax and allows the play, allows the talking, allows the loving moments, you know. Like everything just contributes because you're really trying to teach them how to use all their five senses in those first years, Mm -hmm. you know. That's really interesting because I think right now the only thing that's pretty consistent in Camille's life are her nap hours because I mm-hmm. keep those religiously. Um, yes. But every so like her day is divided between morning and then afternoon and evening night. Um, but she knows like it's her nap time and that's such a reset for her. And she will even tell me like, mommy, quiero dormir, you know, quiero dormir. So I, I do understand like she has that ritual to look forward to. There's no surprises around that. And then when there are days that we're out all day out of the house and there is no, you know, hour of her napping in the room alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she feels overwhelmed, stressed yeah. out throughout the day. I notice that she has a right. lot more um, blowouts or tantrums, mm-hmm. I guess I should call it instead of blowouts. 
Um, so yeah, I, I do understand the rituals and the safety that they feel as in like, I know how my day is going to go and I know where my boundaries are in the day. So that's pretty good. That explains like even the birthday situation. Cause that's a out of the ordinary. It's late. It's right. a lot of people like overstimulation. So yeah. Yeah, sure. that is true. And she did not nap that day. So yeah, it was overstimulation. She had, you know, a right. jumper and kits and colors and pinatas and it's just too much for her I think at the mm-hmm. end of the day she was just like done yeah. but also I right. totally um am recognizing just what Judy is saying because um another thing is for example Madison I'm really picking up on like trying to not parent her and sorry the same way and recognizing that they have different personalities and different ways of responding to things right. and Madison for sure gets like that when she's been around too many people for too long because she, I feel like, is more introvert, so she, like, needs her alone times, and she doesn't tell me that. She just starts misbehaving and just, like, yeah, just not being able to <laughs> handle life anymore, and so I've started to, yeah, like, talk to her, but also take her into a separate room, and, like, even if people are there or whatever, just be like, hey, how about stay here for 10 minutes reading a book and then you can come out and I'll just like put a little those sand timers that you can flip them or whatever and be oh, like when yeah. this runs out I'll come back and get you and you know that has helped so much because I feel like she has her like quiet she's away from the crowd right. then she can come back if she wants and so I leave the door to a crack or whatever and then she feels like she's not like not able to get away from people and Sawyer, my oldest, is different because he loves being around people and he feels like FOMO if he's in a room, you know, not <laughs> able to be with them. Um, but that's so good. I'm really like learning a lot from that. And I definitely want to get better at understanding what my kids are communicating to me. I think that like Natalie, you were saying in the moment, it's so easy to like they're yelling or screaming or doing a tantrum and to be heard, you like want to speak louder or like yell louder or like, mm-hmm. you know. For them to look at you and like listen to what you're saying, and so you try to like rise above all the chaos by like being louder or more intense or whatever, instead of being like silent or let's breathe and like see what they're trying to say by this. But yeah, that's so good. That is true. And Judy, what I'm hearing from you is to speak to our children the moment they're you know born. That way, they recognize our voice. They recognize. Yeah when we're saying something important to them, um, basically show them how to communicate. I think I said this in maybe like two or three episodes ago that somebody told me to teach Camille as many words and emotions that I can so that Mm -hmm. when she was feeling something, she was able to express it and not throw herself on the floor and yell. And Mm -hmm. that has single-handedly been so, so helpful because She's not a screamer. She doesn't physically throw herself on the ground and roll. She doesn't do that in public. Um, But she does cross her hands and she will say what she doesn't want to do. So my dealing of a tantrum is a little different. It's like, I know that's what she wants, but that's not what I want. So how do I impose my will over hers? Again, she, she seems to be a communicator and she seems to be more receptive to words. So again, I think it's really important to know that every kid needs to be front loaded, which means like, you know, I had Caleb and 
on in the party on Saturday. And basically, before when we were on the way there, even before that, my sister was like, today's going to be a busy day. We're going to go visit Camila. And he was so excited to go see Camila. And she had to prep, them, prep him and say, si no te hablo inglés, don't get mad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and even when we were getting to your house, we're like, what are the party rules? You know, the party rules is we're nice and kind to everyone. We ask for things that we need, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you have to set that um, expectation prior in order for you to be able to keep them accountable. Oh, that's such a good idea. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. she doesn't know what you want from her. She's just being a child, mm -hmm. you know? And if you're just like, well, you should already know this, Camila, but she may not, you know? Yeah. And like you said, her days are different. So if you just front load her in the morning, oh, ahora mami va a ir al trabajo. So what does that mean to you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, pues I'm going to grandma. Okay, what are grandma's rules? Yeah. You know? Did your um, parents ever do this to you guys, but you would pull up to someone else's house and they would say, antes de meternos, no quiero que pidan nada, no quiero que se metan a los cuartos, no quiero que yeah. agarren comida, no quiero, quiero que estén sentados en el sillón. And like we were born, we walked into someone's house and we knew what my mom and my dad wanted from us and it right. dared you know sometimes we venture and be like where's your bathroom can I use yeah. your bathroom get the <laughs> tour of the house <laughs> there's usually candy jar in there yeah oh man so I guess our parents did it they did tell us what they expected from yeah. us and we obeyed but see my memories of my parents um showing us <laughs> correction and and like you said I like the word discipline because it is teaching. Um, yeah. It was when I was older. I don't remember anything from zero to five, but yeah. I, right. I know those are the most important um, years. So Judith, what are some positive communication tips that we can use with our toddlers today that will help us when, with their future tantrums? So I think you touched on a really good point where parents were like, no esto, no lo otro. So using no or you can't, especially for those extroverted, ah, me vale, and it was worth the castigo. Like those are the ones that, you know, if you tell them no tires eso, they're going to be the ones doing it just to see what would happen, <laughs> right? Yeah, don't use the word no or can't or anything negative because your brain automatically goes to, well, I want to try and see what happens, you know? So, for example, if I tell you, stop looking at your phone every every two minutes, you're going to be tempted to look at your phone every two minutes because I said you couldn't, oh God, yeah, you know? Right. And so, again, it's just presenting what, they, what you want them to do, right? So um, I was so impressed because prepping for this, like, you know, I really had to think about examples. And um, my boyfriend was really good at communicating with his little uh, siblings because he doesn't use the word no. He'll say, use two hands to carry the bottle because you're going to spill if you don't, mm -hmm. you know? And I was just like, oh, I fell in love with you all over again. Oh. <laughs> but those are the type of things that you need to do, right? So, for example, if, so if you want them to stop jumping on the couches or you want them to stop jumping on the bed, then you say the bed is to sleep. So I need you to get down. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just being more directive with your redirections. Um, if you, they're on the couch and you want them to sit down, you, you, you don't say, don't stop jumping on the bed. No, you don't say that. You say, 
your butt needs to be touching the couch, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It's more directive and it's more intentional and it does, it's, you'll get better reactions instead of you being frustrated and just being like, no brinquen, no digan malas palabras, no esto, because you're just encouraging bad behavior. The amount of times I say no in a day, you guys, (laughs) if I had a dollar for every time, I would be filthy rich. (laughs) that's really great what you guys are talking about because I was thinking how my friend Holly um, talked to me the other day just exactly of what Judith is saying in fact she has a son a cup about a year two years older than my oldest son and she was telling me about the what Judith is saying like practicing what you expect of them and I started doing this in like regards to when we are at people's houses or that's usually when tantrums happen as well for me because it's like they're doing something they enjoy. They don't want to leave. And so I would be like from our house, just we're regular every day in our house. And I would tell Sawyer like, hey, whenever we go somewhere, you know, a friend's house or church or just a, any place. And when mom says, it's time to go now. It's so important for you to jump up and say, okay, and then um, come and not be like, I don't want to go and I'm mad and mad and da, da. And so let's practice it. And so I would just be like, hey, it's time to go, Sawyer. And then he, you know, right there in that moment, he would practice it more like a game. So it's like a game. And then he comes running with me and I'd be like, let's do it again. All right, let's do it again. All right. So I'm here talking to my friend and then I say, Sawyer, it's time to go. And then he would jump right up and come running and I would do it a couple of times. And then the next day, do it a couple of times again and just ongoing, like as a reminder and as kind of for fun, like just play, practice that. And then whenever we would go somewhere and I'd be like, hey, Sawyer, it's time to go. He already had that like inner click of like, oh, we practiced this. So, you know, he would jump up and come instead of throwing a fit and things like that and I loved being that was like oh my word this is like so helpful because I think I was quick to like get you know upset and all that before and just be like oh my word you know I said let's go let's go or whatever um just so many things where I recognize it's we can practice at home y nombre me ha ayudado pero increíble y me saca un super apuro porque es como que even por ejemplo Ahora recientemente Madison estamos haciendo eso con ella con ir a la escuela dominical de la iglesia because she hates and Sawyer loves going to science school but she's always been my kid that wants to just stay with us and doesn't want to and, da, da, da. and I'm fine with that but oh my word she just plays makes noise so she can also stay so with us so I am always like you know my husband and I started talking to her before we get to church about like all right so we're gonna go and everyone has their own class to go to so Sawyer goes to his class with his friends mommy and daddy go to their class and Madison goes to her class as well right and then we're like and there's gonna be other kids there and there are friends and we just start talking about it so we're gonna take you to your class right Maddie and she's like yeah and so but you know if we don't do that there's no way she'll go like Mm -hmm. no way and, and some Sundays, we've completely forgotten to have that conversation on the way to church. She won't go, period. And I know it's my fault because I didn't prep her for it beforehand. So I, like, can't force her because right. I didn't prep her beforehand. Yeah. So talking yeah. about practicing what you expect of them is so good. That's such a good example. Yeah. So, and I think just so we can start wrapping it up, um, I just want to kind of touch base again on, like, each point. So, Again, it's just 
the most important and I get and the biggest takeaway out of all of this zero to five is really you building a relationship with your child, you just loving on them and you just giving them the tools that they're going to need to succeed in life. But basically the most important is just to love on them, be affectionate and be understanding and be patient. So you can have those moments where you talk to them and you help them through things, you know, um, one of the most important things also with zero to five is you need to, as a, as parents, you guys need to decide what is your absolute value that you're not gonna, you're not gonna bend. You know what I mean? And a good example is, let's say they want to eat crackers instead of eating their vegetables, you know, mm-hmm. they need to understand since they're very early, since very early on, like you have your vegetables and you need to eat those before you can have your crackers. And if they're like, no, I'm not going to eat them. That's fine. You know, I respect your decision, but I'm going to give you five minutes to try to eat your vegetables, at least two, two bites. And that's when you can incorporate play, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the third time that you speak to them, you can say, you know what? I noticed that you're deciding that you're not going to eat your vegetables. Then I can take away the vegetables and I can take away the crackers. And once you're ready, you need to let me know. But you need to set that immediate something changed. This is an immediate no. Being consistent with those. Every time the behavior happens, just follow through with what you said you were going to do or what you planted. And you just need to stay consistent. And that's what's going to give you the authority with your child so the first thing is your love because with that rapport you can correct so you love on them and then you're also consistent because they know oh see you know my uses the word no I'm in trouble you know she's already at these limits for me and I know what lines to cross and I know what lines not to cross Mm -hmm. you know um play is huge I really liked in your example that you used play when you're practicing because you want them to feel like they're not in trouble but this is something that you need to learn you know so um, when you send them to the corner right away you don't explain what happened why are they in corner then you kind of you know you you teach that you're confused and you're emotionally not stable right now but when that happens I'm going to ignore you and I'm just going to put you in the corner that creates like a sense of abandonment you know so again, using the front loading. So my sister lately, because my nephew, he doesn't respond well with spankings. He doesn't respond well with threats. Like he's too smart for it, you know? And then he'll say like random things and we just, we want, we're tempted to laugh, but it's not funny, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so literally has to give him warning signs warnings because he needs that time because introverts I don't know if you guys know this but introverts um tend to need seven seconds to be able to process what they're gonna say and what they're receiving so it takes them a little bit longer to regulate as well so introverts do need those moments of like one this is your first warning because you are shouting at me and that's not acceptable Mm -hmm. you know and then the child continues to yell or to you know yeah back talk then then here's two this is your second warning so what do you need to do in order to calm down do we need to practice your breathing do you need a timeout so you can figure out what you want to do like what is it that you need you know Mm -hmm. if the child continues with the behavior then okay 
I see that you're not able to regulate by yourself. All right. Then this is your time to either go to the corner and really think about it and we'll have this conversation later. Or if you're not accepting that you can't have this toy, I'm going to take the toy away for a week or a day, however you want to say, until you ask nicely, mm-hmm. you know? So just using those moments of frustration for them as as a parent, you need to approach it out of in a lens of curiosity. How can what what do they need, and how can I help them through this process? You know. Yeah, yeah. I like everything that you said, and I totally I, I can see myself doing the, the things that you suggested, um, especially what the importance of immediate consequences. Porque yo no sé ustedes, pero yo amenazo muchísimo, de que si tú no haces esto, yo voy a hacer esto, o no te voy a dejar hacer esto, pero I never act on what I'm threatening her with, right? I'm like, if you do this, yeah. I'm going to take off right. your toy, but I never actually take it away, and I don't know if it's something that I learned from the way that my mom did things with us, because she was always very, like, you know, if you do this, this is going to happen. She taught us very well that there were right. consequences, but they just never happened to us um and so I noticed that I'm following in the same pattern with Camille with my uh excessive amounts of no's and ifs you do this this is gonna happen but they don't actually happen so I'm excited to give her immediate consequences actually (laughs) yeah as you should this helps so much with the mom guilt because when you react to the anger and you know that you flew off the handle later you're just like oh I feel bad I didn't take time to listen or communicate clearly and oh and then you're like I'll do better next time but if you don't have a game plan for yourself then it'll just be repeated you know so yeah yeah it's like one of those things, like, especially like with my clients, because, you know, I go into people's homes, I'm interrupting their culture, I'm interrupting everything that they knew. And then you add the guilt because then you have someone coming into your home and having to do all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the kid starts listening to me and they're like, how the heck did you do that? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, this is what I did. I took my time to get to know them. I took my time to figure out what their needs are. I took my time to really praise their strengths because everybody has strengths, you know, and everybody weaknesses, but even the weaknesses can be used as a strength. It's all on how we approach it. And I love to be playful with clients, even though in my normal life, I, um, I don't, I'm not a playful person. Um, but that really helps them people to feel safe they know what to expect of me because I'm like I'm gonna be here at this time every day even if you call me your names and you want me to go away I'm still gonna be here every Wednesday at three o'clock you know and then so they know that I'm consistent I follow through with everything that I say and so I set the president of don't cross me because if you cross me there are gonna be really major consequences like I'm never gonna hit them or do anything crazy but just the simple fact that they know that I'll follow through with my threats it's like that's how you instill yeah, fear you follow right. through with the good things first and so they know like you're consistent right. with what you say that's really good and again it goes back to instilling safety right because kids will know what to expect from you but when you're a parent that threatens things and doesn't follow through then you become you create an environment that's unsafe and secure for them yeah. and that's when they'll be a little bit more crazier right. you know unpredictable yeah 
Yeah, I hope I answered a lot of your questions. But, you know, key factor here is love on your child, really communicate, engage them in your everyday life. We're not, you know, for them to develop a healthy brain emotionally and everything else, you just need to live life with them. You don't necessarily need to sit there and read books to them every day. You don't necessarily need to sit there and play with them every day. You just need to allow those moments to happen and you need to nurture those moments of, you know, teachable moments. That's what I call them. Nurture the teachable moments. Take your time. So by the time they're six, seven, or eight, you'll, they'll have another set of challenges. But when you already set out the foundation of, of being secure, knowing how to communicate their needs, knowing what to expect, you know what I mean? Um, having chances to, to use play to continue to learn, like those are the things that they're going to continue to build upon. Yeah. Well, I think you've answered most of my questions. Um, I don't know about you, Christina, but I, that, you know, that incident that I had with Camille was just this weekend. And so it's very present in my mind still. Um, Mm -hmm. And so going through it and trying to like deal with the shame that I felt afterwards (laughs) and the guilt and then trying to figure out like what would have been better for me to do. Like this conversation couldn't have come at a better time right now for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah thank That's you for, for taking the time. Cause I think most of us as moms, no, no sabemos cómo reaccionar. Y si ya reaccionamos, mm-hmm. no sabemos cómo mejorar. So sí. right. yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast and find out more about us on Instagram.